0: What's up, everybody? This is the Hodgepodge Nothingness podcast, and I am David Corb. Uh, great win, Pirates win six four. Uh, really excited to see how that game ended. It was really awesome. Uh, just to go get into my notes right as we speak here. Um, that game started off. It was just like double play city, man. Just every other inning seemed like the, the Phillies or Pirates were pulling off a double play to end an inning. Uh, and then finally, you know, uh, Hill they uh, gave up a two run bomb. Uh, to boom, and, and then you're like, here we go. You know, I thought he was going to implode, but he didn't. He actually, he actually ended up, you know, going a solid five innings, only giving up two runs for the game. Uh, had a solid line in the game, only three walks, seven Ks, really helping his trade value. Uh, you know, there was some speculation maybe he wouldn't make this last start uh, before the deadline, but hey, he did, and I'm glad he did. I'm really glad that uh, the Pirates didn't send him out for the sixth inning because uh, he may have. Killed his trade value, even gotten bombed, but uh, he actually went out there and looked really, really good. Um, his curveball played, whether it be from overslot or, or more down to, uh, 45 degree, coming with more of a slider or that slow backdoor curveball, it was killing the Phillies. Uh, he was getting the high zone strike calls uh, by by the ump that was really helping. You saw about three or four different uh, Philly uh, batters getting pissed. Uh, Schwarber was getting mad. Harper got really pissed uh on a high uh strike call um so you know when you got the ump calling some of these uh pitches for for hill i mean it you know you're just like okay he's probably gonna have a good day as long as he doesn't put too many pitches over the middle and uh pretty much that's what happened he 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 was hitting his spots and then some spots were high in the zone he was getting calls but they had trouble man with that off speed stuff they really did um but uh i was just glad to see him you know help that trade value and and, and do really well um the Phillies were up two nothing, uh, and they pulled Christopher Sanchez, a rookie. He, I think, he only had like seventy something pitches. I, I, you know, I, I didn't really understand it uh, why why they pulled him. Young guy, only seventy something pitches. He was Dylan, um, but they did. And uh, Brian Reynolds made them pay. Man, he hit a two run bomb uh, to tie it up. It was it was great to see. And, and you're just like, holy shit! Here we go. And you know it's so weird because like with Philly, it always seems like traditionally we always get to their bullpen. Like if we beat Philly, it's it's because we we, we keep it close till we get to their bullpen. It's just one of those weird things that I notice with them. Um, but uh, you know, later on in the game, uh, there was a ball uh, hit down the line that that Connor Joe um, dropped. It was a tough play, I thought. He he tried to get over there to get his glove in front of it and, and failed it, but it, it fell out of his glove. Um and I saw a lot of people giving him shit for it. Um and that was the inning that helped Philly take the lead uh 4-2. Um but I I just I thought that was a tough play for Connor Joe to make. I didn't think there was really a need for people to get on his case. It was a tough play. Do I think Santana probably pulls it off? Maybe. I don't know. It was a tough play. Uh but you know not everybody's Carlos Santana. But I mean, look, they got a prospect prospect and return for him, and I'll get to that uh later in the show. But yeah. Um that hurt. Uh that inning ended up it, uh, Phillies ended up going four two. But um Brian Reynolds gets a hit uh on there's two botches, uh one by Harper and then one by the center fielder uh that helped with the Reynolds hit to score to make it four three. Uh and then uh, then all of a sudden, in the A Trilola and uh, Palacios get back-to-back hits. Pirates end up tying it. They could have gotten way more, but didn't. Um, but then Benar comes in. You know, it's 4-4, top ninth, and Benar, as usual, just you know, in dominating fashion. Uh, eight, you know, three up, three down, um, and there was nothing to it. Uh, you know, we get up. Um, we, you know, Joe gets a hit. Brian Reynolds gets a hit. I'm sorry, he gets hit. That's where he got hit by the uh, pitcher. I in my notes I didn't put down hit by the pitcher. And he, you know, we got a runner in scoring position and no outs. I mean, you're like, okay, this is this is it. We're gonna we're gonna walk it off and win. And nope. catch lines out. Runner doesn't advance on the line out. Davis strikes out. Triolo checks, swings a ball, it dribbles down to first base. And you're just like, son of a bitch. And usually with the pirates, like when this happens, they end up losing the game because They squander their opportunity to capitalize on, and and, and it it doesn't happen. Um, But to their credit, that's not what happened uh, next. Uh, So, you know, come top to 10th, uh, you got two runners on, um, one at third, one at second, and man, they hit a line drive to Davis in right field. Davis catches it, and you're like, is Harper going to test his arm again? Harper looks like he's taking off, and Davis throws a bullet home, a one-hopper on a line right to Endy. But Harper changed his mind and actually started running back. But Bomb on second, was running to third, thinking that Harper was going to go home. So now you've got these two guys in a rundown. Endy throws it to Gonzalez at second, and then Harper decides he is going to take off home. And you're like, oh, here we go. But then Gonzalez throws a, a dot to Andy and he tags out Harper and they end up getting a double play out of that craziness. Uh that line out was, was was by um Turner, Trey Turner. So they end up getting a double play out of it, no run scores, just just a huge chain of events in the in the top of the tenth inning, incredible. Uh that it, it happened. Uh Perdomo then Kay's the next hitter, and they get out of altogether and they end up you know, Phillies end up not getting anything with that whatsoever. And, and it was this incredible play by the young guys. I mean, think about this. Davis had to make the perfect throw from right field to home. Andy then had to make the perfect throw to second to try to get Baum out. And then Gonzalez had to make the perfect throw home to get Harper out trying to steal home. And all three did it. All three young guys pulled it off. Um, just an incredible play. Uh, and then, you know, come bottom of the 10th, uh, we already had a runner on second. And Palacios first off, he almost gets killed by a curveball that didn't curve. He somehow ducks and falls out of the way of it. And then all of a sudden, man, inside uh slider goes up over the plate, and I mean he just absolutely crushes that ball over Clemente Wall. He goes ape shit. Everybody's going ape shit in the stadium, going wild, you know, and the awesome most awesome part about all this is that it's Palacios' birthday. And it's just so awesome. That you know, that he that he got to experience that. I mean, that's that's something you'll never forget for the rest of your life. Um, and I mean, he had a hell of a game, uh, three for five with two RBIs, a run. He only had one K. Uh, just just had a, a great game for the Pirates. Uh, Connor Joe had a good game, two hits. Reynolds had two hits, two RBIs, that home run. Kutch, of course, finds a way to get on base, two walks. Davis over four. Um, Triola had two hits. Uh, just just good to see some of the young guys really producing here um Hill like I said had a great game and once again I mean credit to the bullpen I mean Moreda Hernandez uh Majinski and Bednar and Perdomo you know that's they pitched uh, almost 5 innings and only allowed uh 2 runs that's it and um to their credit they did they did really well um, and uh, some things that I, I I guess you could say maybe this is kind of a little too much to read into, but um, since the Pirates have called up Priester, Andy, and Pegaro, they're playing 500 baseball. Um, they're literally six and six, and they've won two series back to back. I didn't look it up um, to see uh, when was the last time they won back to back series, but I am sure that somebody will uh, look that up and figure it out and put it out there somewhere. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just wanted to do uh, you know, just wanted to do a post game on that real quick. Um, just just really a really fun ball game to watch uh the last two nights in fact were really fun to watch uh these young guys um but i'll, I'll get to uh, last night's game as well uh uh in a little bit um with this episode but um moving on uh so just to get away from that game and everything there's a lot of stuff going on i haven't done i've done a, uh, an episode in like 5 days i've been really busy um but uh i thought something that was really interesting was that um FanGraphs has ranked the Pirates the number one farm system in baseball, um, and I, I thought that was really awesome to see, because uh, you know we were you know when Ben Charrington first took over in the course of what I think two years, uh, the the system was ranked top three in the league, and then something happened and it it faltered, and it was it was no longer in the top three no more. Now, whether that could be because of guys getting caught up or or you know whatever. But the thing about it is, and, and it, it shouldn't surprise people because let me just let me just name off some names here already in the system. This is before before the draft, okay? So you got Tamar Johnson, our number one prospect. The guy is raking at single A, uh, doing a really good job. Uh Andy's already been caught up. Henry Davis. Um, Luis Ortiz uh, was doing good before his. You know, before he got called up, then Struggle got sent back down. But overall, his trajectory has been really good. Quinn freester was doing really good at AAA uh, in the month of July, um, uh, June into July, really. Live Vergara was doing really good at A, right, before his called up to A. They started doing good there. Mike Burrows, before his injury, was doing uh, uh, really good going into this season before he got hurt and had to get surgery. Bubba Chandler, another one. Triolo was doing having a good a year. Jiwon Bay. Uh, Jared Jones. I'll get to his last start here in a little bit. Uh, Yordani De Los Santos. Uh, another young guy. Uh, single A doing really well. Thomas Harrington. Another guy in the system who's doing well pitching. Uh, Kyle Nicholas has struggled at A level. Um, but uh, he's another name that they got in the system with a big arm. Uh, how about Tony Blanco Jr.? Um, another another uh, outfielder doing well. Junsuk Suk Shim. Uh, a starting pitcher down at, I believe, single A, uh, doing well. Anthony Salameda, another name. Now, he was ranked 20th here on Fangrass for 2023, uh, but naturally now he's going to get moved way up. But just on fire at the sing, uh, double A level after doing good at single A. He's been doing really well. Um, Nick Gonzalez, obviously, has already been called up. Po Chen, another starting pitcher in the system, doing well. Lonnie White Jr., another... I mean, just think... Look at all his names, guys. Carmen Majinski's already been called up. Uh, Zung Che Chang, another one who got called up to A, who's doing well. He was tearing up single A. Uh, I mean, just name after name after name that I can I can come up with here. And then, now let's bring up some of the guys that he just drafted. Obviously, Paul Skeens is, uh, you know, top college uh, arm in the draft. So naturally, I mean, my guys hit up to 102 miles per hour. Now he's in the system. That Mitch Jeb they drafted, uh, another one doing really well. Um, I have his line from his game the other day, actually. If I can find it here for you real quick. Mitch Jeb went 4-for-6 the other day with a double stolen base, two RBIs, and two runs scored. He's hitting .571 in a short time at Bradenton. Kid's looking really good. Fast, can move, making some great defensive plays too. I mean, just just another guy that they just drafted. How about Xander Muth, the prep uh, kid they got? Uh, they went over slot four, who could be a, a big arm down the road. Garrett Forrester, a third baseman, projects to be a first baseman at uh, Oregon um, State. Uh, you know, big bat, huge bat. And then you got other guys here that they drafted down the uh, down the line here that could really help this team they drafted 11 I okay, got 11 college players. I'm sorry, 14 college players, 11 college pitchers. I mean, they they went all out to stock this system with college players. They really did. And I think because they want to have all these guys ready in time for their window, which should be starting next year. And I'll get to uh in a bit I'll get to um Ben Charrington talking about 2024. But just in general, uh just giving you these names i mean it's it, it is evident of why uh I, fangrass would rank this system number one i mean you've got you've got a lot of names in this system that are doing really well um and and i mean we just started this season calling up all these young kids they're exciting players and then the restock of down in single a and a couple in double a and triple a even I mean, yeah. There's a lot of reason to get excited and and, and to rank them high. All right, moving on. Um, uh, speaking of the draft, I I I saw something and I was just like, really. And uh, there's been some comments made that the Pirates didn't spend enough of their bonus pool money on the draft. Um, I I. I think it's just stupid, to be honest. I think it's really stupid. I don't here's one. The Pirates didn't spend three hundred and twelve thousand four hundred of their pool money. And then while well, the manners didn't spend three five thousand four hundred of theirs, if both clubs would have dipped fully into the five percent overage, Pittsburgh could have spent another one point one, I'll just say one point one million, we'll say, and Seattle could have gone nine hundred and sixty-three K. Okay, so People again just accusing the pirates of not wanting to spend money, folks. This is absolutely ridiculous. Like the pirates, the pirates can't help when a player takes less money to sign. Like if you know how negotiations work, you're not you're not always going to go to every player you draft and go, okay, we're allowed to give you up to three hundred k. Here's three hundred k. There's the offer. That's not how it works. That's not how this works at all. The reason why. The, the the pirates, you know, when they do pick guys like a Henry Davis that go under slot is so they have this extra money left if they want to go after other players that don't accept their first offer. They're not gonna walk up to Mitch Jebb and go, Hey, uh your your uh slot is two point two million, so we're gonna give you that right off the bat. That's our offer. No, they're not gonna do that. Because if they offer him a million and he takes it, then guess what? If they do wanna make a run at a Daniel Covett or a, a Xander Move then they have that extra money to do it. But they're not going to start off at the max value. That's not how this works. And they're not doing it just to save money. They're doing it to save money in case they can make it run at some of these other prep kids that are committed to a college. So just because they could have went more into their overage and spent $1.1 million, it doesn't mean they were trying to do this on the cheap. They just broke the record for 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 money given for bonus to to Paul Skeens at nine point two million. Now mind you, they could have went to nine point seven million for that slot, but they didn't do it. They didn't need to do it. He agreed to nine point two million. So does that make? So what does that make them? Does that make them cheap because they didn't go nine point seven? Or it's just the offer they made and he accepted it and they still broke the record. So you know, I, I just. There's no reason to get this upset about this stuff and read into it too much. Literally assigned everybody but one player. The kid adamantly said, I am committed to Miami. And the Pirates tried, and the kid said no. Well, I'm not going to get bent out of shape over, over money that they didn't have to spend because kids accepted the initial offer they made. It, it's just... It's a dumb thing to get upset about. They... They... Made all their offers to all these players. Everybody, for the most part, accepted the offers. And if it was under slot, so be it. That's how this works. You don't go over slot or right at the amount you're allowed to players. It's just dumb. It's dumb. It's not smart business moves. So I just I had to get that off my chest because I, I, over the course of the last five, six days, I've seen this dumb shit, and it's driving me crazy. So I had to I had to say something. Uh, moving on. Um. So it looks like the Pirates have been getting hits on, uh, obviously, Bednar, and we already obviously already talked about Keller, uh, but they are getting hits on Hill. I talked about him and his trade value of the game today, uh, but Holderman, too. And I saw that like some people might be surprised with the whole Holderman thing, and I'm like, I don't know why. You've got a guy hitting 101 miles per hour on the gun. Uh yeah. And he's, he, he's had his ups and downs, but most of the time his downs have been because of injury. Uh, whenever he's healthy and dialed in, Holderman's a great 8th uh, inning guy, a setup guy, if you will, or a middle relief guy. Uh, well, I wouldn't say middle relief, but I would say definitely a setup guy, an 8th inning guy. Definitely an asset to a team in the playoffs. So yeah, I, I absolutely I can see why a team would be uh, uh, hitting up the Pirates about Holderman, engaging any interest in letting him go. Absolutely. Um, but it, it it couldn't come to surprise to people, but it does. Um, how about this for a surprise? Hedges getting interest too, and again, I'm not surprised. He is a great pitch framing, game calling catcher that a playoff team would want to have in the playoffs. It's the ninth inning, and you've you've gotta you've gotta have your top defense out there. Yeah. Hedges would be a great asset to a team to have out there when defensively you've got to be at your best. The guy can't hit the broad side of the barn to save his life. I get it. Um but at the same time, he's got other attributes that would be great as a backup catcher to a playoff team, and that's where he belongs. So yeah, I'm not surprised that that there are teams interested in Hedges too. Now, the now you want to talk about return. Yeah, I mean they're not they're not going to get, you know, we're not talking top prospects in return here. Uh we're talking A player down the road, uh, you know, maybe another international prospect, possibly um, something like that. You're not going to get a top player of any amount or any MLB slash AAA guy almost ready. You're not going to get that. If you do, I don't know how you pull it off. I really don't. All right. So, moving on. Um, So the Pirates did make a trade. Uh, This was a while back, about four or five days ago. they traded Carlos Santana to the Brewers for shortstop prospect Johnny Severino. Uh, per Jason Mackey, he was one of two big international signings um, from Milwaukee in 22. Um, yeah, this kid's a power hitter. Uh, and, and, I mean, he already hit a home run for them the other day. I don't think I had the stat on him. I, I um, but, but he already, in his first game uh, down on the FCL Pirates, I believe, he already is making an impact with his bat and... Um, I, I I loved I love the move, to be honest. I mean, look, don't get me wrong, uh Santana was a was a great first baseman. Absolutely, he's a great first baseman. But um, you know, they're they're gonna they're gonna trade Santana if they think they can get a lottery ticket for him. And that's exactly what this Johnny Severino is. He's an international prospect with power, with speed. He's a lottery ticket. He's a kid you you make this move on for the chance that he's something down the road for you. And that's and that's what they did. And, and, I, and, I, and I think it was a good move. I mean, you guys got to know, like, there's no future with Santana. Like, he's 30, what, 7 years old? Like, yeah, it, it, this is the kind of move you make. I don't know why I see people getting upset over this. Like, this is what they're going to You can't expect every guy the Pirates trade to bring you, you know, some top prospect and, and uh, top 100 prospect. It's just not gonna happen it, it it's it's these lottery tickets these international prospects guys that are that are young down the road but i I like it I like the thought of him with that polanco and de los santos down there and uh and um Tamar Johnson that whole crew man you want to talk about a bright future holy crap uh of some players together playing together down there uh i i I really like it Um, But just Santana was a great player for the Pirates defensively. His bat at times. His bat caught fire at the perfect time. Just another guy that, like, man, you're like, man, please keep hitting the ball like you are. Your trade value, it's going up. Uh, We really appreciate this. And boom, they get their lottery ticket for him. Uh, Just great to see. All right, moving on. Speaking of prospects, man, Jared freaking Jones. My guy, his last game... Six innings pitched, four hits, two earned runs, zero walks, and seven Ks versus Louisville. And my man, again, hit triple digits on, on the gun. I, You know, a, a couple episodes back, I said they didn't have a prospect in the system hitting, hitting triple digits on the gun. And Jared Jones, I don't know if you heard me or what the hell's going on, but my man has proven me wrong. And it's like he has found, you know, just, I don't know. Something they're doing with him, arm slot something, my man is now hitting triple digits on the gun, and now instead of it just being Paul Skeens, like I said uh, before, as any starters in the system that hit triple digits, now we have two. We have Skeens and Jared Jones. And I'm just, I'm excited as hell about that. The, the, The chances of having two of these guys in a rotation together, holy shit, and... Jared Jones, when they go to 40-man in September, he might he might get a cup of coffee here. I, I, I would love to see it. If he continues this into August, and you know what? Now that I even think about it, if they trade Rich Hill, man, like he might be the guy. But then again, there there's a couple others I could see getting caught up to, and I'll, I'll get to that in a little bit. But yeah, Jared Jones, man, just doing really well. Triple-A. Uh, it's it just seems like no matter where what level he's at, I mean the man's just doing really good, and I I can't wait to see him, uh, in a pirate uniform. I can't wait. Um, Luis Ortiz. Uh, speaking of uh, guys, uh, Luis Ortiz uh, was struggling with the Pirates. Got sent down. He was struggling, uh, at Triple A. Well, then I came across that uh, he actually had a good outing. Um, uh. He went five innings, five hits, one run, three walks, and eight Ks. 80 pitches and 53 of them were strikes. So, Luis Ortiz is probably, now that I think about it, the guy that will probably get the next. Uh, he'll get a shot, come back up if Hill's traded. Um, now that I think about it, but he had a, a really good outing uh, for for the Indians and the um, Indianapolis Indians, and I I'm hoping this is the sign that he's starting to turn it back around cause the kid's got talent. He's got a live fastball. Two seams vicious. I, I would love to see uh him turn around cuz he's he's a part of the future with the Pirates. He really is. He's a he's a future piece in this rotation. So you want you want to see him turn it around. Um so getting into uh last night's game with um Priester on the mound uh you know it's a tale of two different guys, with Priester. It really is. Um, I saw a thing here, and it was funny. Um, I want to give A. B. Berg seventy nine on Twitter some credit. He he brought the he brought this up, and it's a good point. Uh, Quinn Priester is a completely different pitcher in one through three innings compared to the innings after that. Uh, on one through three innings, the nine innings pitched, two hits, one run, one earned run, four walks, five Ks, a one ERA, and then Quinn Priester after the third inning. 52 innings pitch, 11 hits, 13 runs, 13 earned runs, 5 walks, 7 Ks, a 20.64 ERA. Uh, you know, and he made the point, you know, hitters don't miss twice. And I absolutely agree. It, it, look, here's the thing about Priester. If you're not going to throw a power fastball, then you better hit your spots. And if you don't hit your spots and you start letting that ball come over the middle of the plate, you're cooked, period. You're done. So it seems like he gets away with it in that first run through the lineup. But in that second part of the lineup he's done because because he's, he just doesn't have that power of fastball and if he he probably he he's young so he part- he, you know kind of like Keller in the beginning of how he used to be where he he he's so worried about you know catching the plate that he puts it right over the middle and they tag him uh it was the same thing with his curveball but i mean you know in the beginning last night he his diver curveball was vicious, really good um but the interesting thing about Priester was was that he would hit ninety five miles per hour on the gun, and it was like whoa, okay, like now you're getting up into that middle, you know. Ashley, I'm not going to say a, a power fastball, but man, when you start getting ninety five or higher, that's that's when you're starting to get to where now, now you can start you maybe blowing it by them if you throw off their timing good enough. I mean, even Rich Hill can do it with an eighty nine mile fastball, uh, but then the Priester more than can achieve it too. He's just got to be careful and, and know when to throw it. And, man, you're going to hit 95. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a nice thing to see from Priest. It really is. Um, I am so happy for Pegara Last night, showing off his power, hitting another home run. The play he made diving for that ball with his glove. Uh, the double play that him and Alika Williams did was awesome to see. Uh, speaking of Alika Williams getting his first hit, first RBI, was awesome to see last night. Uh, dude, Alika Williams and Pagaro up the middle is absolute fucking money. I love watching those guys uh, out on the field. They're just both so smooth, so slick. They make double plays seem like nothing. Uh, Just just the defense this team has employed right now looks so damn good. Minus losing Santana at first... uh, and sometimes Swinsky can be a liability in center field. Sometimes, not all the time. Uh, besides that, though. And I just, I'm sorry. I, I don't see that much of a difference uh, with Endy out there compared to Hedges. I think there's some things, but, like, overall, though, Andy pitch frame's fine. He calls a game fine. Uh, and his bat, it, it plays. I mean, he's batting around 200 right now, but it's it's he's only been playing for, like, what, 12 games? So, and he had a huge, you know... Three run triple last night, which was absolutely huge, and uh, yeah, I, the, the guy, the guy, he's he's so much better out there to have out there than Hedges. I'm sorry, he just is. Um, what else I brought up earlier about Holderman hitting 101? It was weird, man. It was like everybody was was dialed in, and, and I don't know, if, maybe maybe the, the the gun was hot or something, but Bednar hit 99 last night uh, on the radar too. So like. Between him and the 101 from Holderman and the 95 from Priester, I just thought it was interesting how all these guys were hitting a couple couple marks higher than usual on the on the well, not Holderman, but um, but uh, Bednar and uh, and Priester. But Choi, uh, another guy, I wanted to talk about what was Choi. I talk about improving your your trade your uh, value as well. My guy, since he's come off the the 60 day uh, IL, has been hitting the shit out of the ball. I mean, just, just home runs, doubles, just, just constantly hitting for average. It seems like every game he's got one to two hits. Uh, just doing really well. Um, I don't know if they would really want to trade him um, because then they get real thin at first base. I mean, in reality, you you, you could technically uh, put Triolo over there at first base or Endy if you wanted to give Endy some time over there besides Connor Joe. But I mean you're I don't know I don't, and at this point in the game, you know they're 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 not gonna they're not gonna make a run in any playoffs or anything, so do you really care do you do you let uh troy go i think I think if the price is right, yes, uh something maybe that they can't pass up. it may not care. They may say, we don't give a shit, we got Trill, we got Andy, we got we got Joe, that's it, we're good, and the more I think about it, the more I'm fine with that because if you can get anything, maybe another lottery ticket like the God for Santana. Yeah, take it. But the way Choi is is playing right now, absolutely, he's doing uh, doing very well, improving at trade value for the Pirates for the deadline. Um, they uh, there was an update about Hayes. Apparently today he's expected to play uh, the second of back to back games for Indianapolis, and then he's supposed to head back to Pittsburgh after the game. Per sources I saw on Twitter. Um, that's very interesting to me uh if he's back I wonder who will uh who will be the one they send down for him. I'm interested to see uh I really like Triolo he's done really good at third base I think I saw he had a thirteen game hitting streak um and then he started to quiet down a little bit, but then he got i think he got a hit today at least one i think so um yeah, you know I'm not quite sure he had two hits today I'm sorry two hits today. Uh, but I'm just, I don't know, I'm not ready to see Trillo go, if that's one guy that, that might have to suffer the consequences of it. I mean, look what Palacios did. I don't want to see them send him down either. He's another young one that's doing uh, well since the call-up. So, very interesting. Um, Nick Gonzalez is down to, I think it was like 227 bang average. Uh, maybe Maybe he would get sent back down. Uh, or Alika Williams. I mean, he's another one. Uh, the, the glove plays. It's amazing to watch him play shortstop. He's a hell of a defensive shortstop. Uh, but a very, very, you can tell, a very light-hitting shortstop. Not a lot of power. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I As far as the bat goes, didn't really show me too much. But, a, you know, a lightning rod out there, shortstop for sure. Very, very, very good shortstop. Um. Last thing I got was um, Ben Charrington did his did his interview with um, on ninety three point seven The Fan, and uh, he, he said some interesting things. The uh, first thing he made a comment was uh, on Henry Davis, um, assuming uh, that Davis is healthy, uh, we'll see him behind the plate after the deadline. To me, that is just a shot across the bow, man. It hedges like, yeah, you're gone. <laughs> I think they're gonna trade him for a box of cracker jacks and uh a pizza. Like seriously, like I think I think uh I think it's pretty safe to assume that that, that hedges is on his way out. Um and I and I, on a serious note, uh I I don't I don't know what they'll get for him. Again, it's basically the same thing that that they got for Santana, honestly. And even then, I don't even know if they'll get that. It's hard to tell. Uh I can see them maybe getting uh like a Future relief pitcher, projection relief pitcher, or something like that. They're not going to get a blue chip prospect. It's just not going to happen. Uh, like I said, I don't, I don't know what the hell they'll, they'll get for for Austin Hedges. I, I just don't. But um, whatever they can get for him, I'm for because I want to see. Because the important thing here is, is I don't. It's not that I give a shit about. Austin Hedges and him being a pirate. What I care about is that Henry Davis gets some experience behind the dish at the MLB level. Because that's what this is most important is the development of of Henry Davis becoming a catcher. He was drafted 1.1 to be a future catcher of the franchise. So the kid needs to get time there to develop there more than out in right field. Now don't get me wrong. I don't mind him in right field. I don't mind the bumps and bruises we're taking with him in right field. Because you saw that arm today. You saw what the hell he can do. He's an arm. It gets in the heads of runners, and it worked today against Harper because you remember what happened the last time he tried to run on Henry Davis. That's the kind of shit you like to see. So I don't have a problem with him, right field. But at the same time, he was drafted with the mindset he's going to be a catcher. And I, and I, I would love for it to really work out to where he is a good enough catcher to where you really do have him and Andy as your catchers. I mean, that'd be a fucking amazing. Uh, rotation to have back and forth, and they both play with one in right field and the other behind the dish, or vice versa, one DH, one behind the dish, or one's at first base, one of those. I'm fine with any of that. Just get him behind the plate, get him more experience at the MLB level, and help him develop to be a good catcher. That's all I want to see. Another thing with the Ben Charrington interview uh, on Ronzi Contreras. He said, we anticipate he'll be back on game soon. We certainly want him to pitch this year. We believe he'll pitch... Nothing saying he can't be back in the big leagues too this year. And you know what? Uh, Honestly, you know, I was talking about this. I was bitching about how they got to shut this kid down. He's got dead arm. He's got something wrong. His velocity absolutely died. They got to do something. Shut him the fuck down. The kid has nothing. Nothing in the tank. And you see him get sent to AAA, and then they send him all the way down to the bottom single A, and you're like, wow. But I was hoping it was just so they can shut him down. That's what happened. They just shut him down, and that's the smart thing to do. You know, I was hoping they would do, because the kid's got dead on He needs to rest his arm. Something something there ain't right. Let him get healthy again. And uh, I was talking earlier about if they trade Hill, who my call up. I was going to bring up Contreras for the fact that, uh, depending on the timing of it, if he was healthy again and looked okay, but I still think it's gonna be a while, Contreras. I don't I, I maybe September. I think they give him all of August. Uh or maybe like middle of August, that's when he starts throwing again. See see if the velocity's back up or, or you know, see where he's at. And when we go to forty man rosters, that's when maybe he, he comes back. Just a guess. I'm not, you know, I'm just just something I'm I'm assuming maybe will happen at best with him but yeah you, you hope just runsy gets healthy because we know when runsy's healthy he's a really good pitcher and another asset to this rotation um another thing uh he he touched on paul Skeen, said he expects that he'll be pitch, he's going to pitch in games and those games will be in the minor leagues yeah i mean you know anybody expecting him to be automatically brought up to the majors uh yeah that was never going to happen not with this team it doesn't make sense anyways i don't know if any team just Automatically drafting a guy and plugging him into major leagues uh, you know right off the bat into a major league ball game. that just doesn't make any sense um, another thing he touched on um, was uh, the Santana trade for Johnny Severino. He made the comment, this is the type of player we want to keep investing in. If you do a good enough job over time, some of these can hit that will really help us and it's true like that's that's exactly what they're doing. they're trying to acquire. With these guys, like the Santanas and the Hedges and the Hills and all them, they're trying to get those lottery tickets. And like he said, for a small market team, if you do enough of this and you hit on a couple of these, it could be a game changer for a small market team. Um, you think, I think of guys, you know, the Pirates with Marte. Um, they thought Polanco was going to be a hit of a lottery ticket that they they got an international prospect. Um guys like that, you know, and and I think back to that time frame. Um, but those are the kind of things that that this pirate team is is looking to do is to get and other small market teams. They're looking to get lottery tickets and hit on it, and and it really helps the team. Um he talked about Rodolfo Castro too. Uh he said if there's a player that's had the most challenging development path, it's been Rodolfo Castro. Um, he mentioned Castro's youth and, and you know, how quick he was sent to MLB. And that's the thing. Like That's kind of a thing with Ben Charrington. That's kind of a thing he's known for is, is the willingness to send AA players to the majors. And uh, with some players, it, it goes fine. With others, it doesn't. And with Castro... I don't know what happened. He was doing amazing in uh, April, and then you know I don't know if you want to say it's just a just a case of the leg hitting back or what, but I mean just, um, he's really good against lefties, but struggles against righties, and uh, and um, yeah, just just one of those things. It was tough to watch. Um, he'd just get up there and every time, swing at bad pitches or, or couldn't touch couldn't touch certain pitches, and he'd just strike out. But, you know, I, I, another guy with a big power bat that you hope figures it out. Again, another one that you know if he figures it out, he's going to be a big asset to the team. We have, in my opinion, a log jam at middle infield. Uh, so, I mean, some of these guys, someone's got to establish themselves as everyday players, uh, and some got to establish themselves as bench players. And you hope that Rodolfo Castro figures it out and uh, does establish himself uh, at best as an everyday player uh, but it's gonna be it's gonna be really tough. Um and that was that was pretty much what I got from the Ben Charrington interview. Um but like I said guys I'm I, I it's been really fun watching these young guys. Like I said, they're playing five hundred ball since Priester Andy and Vigaro got called up. And I mean you're you're joining him with all these names that, that we've been hearing about for years that we've been looking forward to hearing uh, you know, the the Henry Davises and the Triolos and, and all of the middle infielders that we talked about, Gonzo and, and uh it just it's just good to see them all up now finally. And it's I I don't know if this is, you know, I don't expect this team to do anything crazy, however, comma. Playing 500 ball have won two series in a row. Uh I love the energy that Andy and, and Pergaro and them bring to the team and Henry Davis. Uh, it, it's it's a great thing to see it's something the team feeds off of and I for one am looking really forward to the next two months to see what, what this team can do and see these guys develop But uh, alright guys um, that's all I got for today uh, if you uh, are enjoying the podcast um, or are still around listening uh, if you haven't yet if you want to hit the add button or, or hit the follow button I'd really appreciate it if you did on Spotify I'd appreciate it even more uh, remember, on the Steelers Sanctuary podcast as well with uh, Dave Ribeiro from SteelersSanctuary.com. Um, we just recently did a new episode about three days ago. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, one tomorrow night with Nick Farabaugh from Steelers Now. He's been at training camp and watching the Steelers training camp. He's got a lot of good info. And then uh, we're going to have another uh, episode with a former Steeler that you all will know very well. But um, all right, guys, that's all I got. I'm out. Take care.